Hey, I am so glad that you guys stopped by today. Of all the things you got going on in your day, the fact that you would take time and include us in your day means so much. Just want to say welcome to the Quest. It's so great to have you with us, especially if you happen to be checking us out. Listen, before we get going, I want to open up with a word of prayer. And so I know that a lot of stuff is going on in your life. A lot of things are going on in our world. We desperately need the faith in God and we need strength from God so desperately in our lives. So this is just a great time to ask and connect with God for all the stuff that we are carrying that we weren't really intended to carry. So let's do that together. Father, we come to you and we are so, first of all, so grateful that you love us, that you care for us, that you desire to carry the anxieties of our lives, that you desire to care for us. And Father, we have this tendency to think we can do it all on our own. And we repent of that. We're not designed to take care of this life on our own. We need you desperately. And so I ask, Father, for my friends, I ask for myself, Father, that you give us faith for this life together with you, that we would include you in the activities of our day, in the overwhelming circumstances of our day and the challenges of our day. Father, there are those that are listening today that need healing in their lives and you are our healer. Father, I ask that you would reach down and that you would touch my friends. And Father, that you would perform the healing in their lives that they need, whether it's physical, emotional, or spiritual. Father, that you would provide for our lives those things that we need so much. We just turn to you today out of a sense of desperation. Our world is in chaos and we need peace in our lives. We need clarity in our spirit and we can only get that from you. So today, Father, we just unpack those anxieties. We give all of our cares to you because you care for us. And I ask that you would speak into our hearts today through the talk, through all that we're listening to, through all that we might be thinking that, Father, your Spirit would speak to the details of our lives about your power and your presence with us. And we ask this stuff in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, we are in a great series. A series that we've been in for a little bit entitled Kingdom Come. And I want to thank you for your patience in this process of this series. I realize it's a, it's a longer series, but we live in turbulent times. And this series really speaks to these turbulent times that we live in. I mean, we have an uncertain economy. We have a government that's trying to run and rule our lives. We have wars that are going on in this world, rumors of wars that are going on around us. You might even be listening from a place where there is the breakout of war even right now. We always have the next pandemic that's out to get us. Or maybe it's the divided political system that we live with that kind of has you worried. We're also experiencing the utter and complete decline of morality in our culture and our society. People calling good evil and evil good. Or maybe you just are wrestling with the idea of what it's like to raise kids or, or grandkids in this kind of environment that our world is in right now. And what I'm saying is that there are many things that can alert us and concern us about the chaos of this world that we live in and we need faith for the times that we live in. And all of these issues that I mentioned get magnified when we are out of touch or don't understand the kingdom of God that we belong to as Christ followers. I mean, we can't afford to live a distracted life or be unaware of this kingdom that we belong to as 
citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Now, just a reminder, I want you to write this down because this speaks to what we're talking about. The kingdom of God means that I allow God's rule in my life. That's the basic principle of what this idea of God's kingdom ruling our lives is all about. This is more than going to church on Sundays. Allowing God to rule my life is a daily choice where I surrender to his desires and his plan. I live with an awareness that God desires to use me in what he's doing in this world. I actually play a part, you actually play a part in the expansion of his kingdom. So the prayer that we pray is this. It's what Jesus taught us. It says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because I've surrendered my life to Jesus the King, because I'm surrendered to the rule of God in my life, I live with an awareness of God's presence in my life. That is powerful and that is what we need. We desperately need that awareness because of this, you can write it down. Our lives are exposed to the conflict of two kingdoms. Every day we live in the conflict of the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of God. And make no mistake, you may know this intellectually, but you experience the reality of this through the events going on worldwide. There is a very real spiritual battle going on. And this battle is a battle of two kingdoms. This battle is over the souls of men and women and children, your family, your loved ones, your friends, your neighbors. The very souls of people need to be rescued from the kingdom of Satan. And because we are exposed to this conflict, something else that's important you can write down is this, how we live in this conflict matters. God doesn't want us to live from fear, but from faith and courage. Does being a citizen of the kingdom of God give you courage, strength, and joy that you need for life? What's going on in the Middle East right now is a part of this conflict of two kingdoms for sure. And regardless of what we face, God wants us to be able to face life and face the challenges of life with faith, with joy, with strength, with courage. Listen to this scripture. We've read it in the past, but I want to remind you of what it says about this kingdom that we're a part of. It says, we are praying too that you would be filled with his mighty, glorious strength. Get that? We are to be filled with God's strength that we need in life so that you can keep going no matter what happens and always be full of joy of the Lord and always thankful to the Father who has made us fit to share all the wonderful things that belong to those who live in the kingdom of light. That's about us as believers. We share in the great things of the kingdom of God. For he has rescued us, get this, out of the darkness and gloom of Satan's kingdom and brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. I want us to understand this, that God within us can shape a kingdom mindset that we need for life. We need a thought life that is shaped by the power of God and the presence of God within us. Don't forget the rule of the king within us shapes the attitude of the kings that gives lived from us. And we've been looking at these attitudes of the kingdom. The one that we're looking at today is this. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. I don't know if you were like me when you were growing up that you used to play this game as a kid and it was called mercy. You might have played it with your friends or your siblings or something like that. And what you would do is you would inflict pain upon this individual until they cried mercy. Until they gave up, until they asked for compassion from us. 
Well, we're not supposed to be inflicting pain. That's not what I'm talking about today. But I do believe that many people around us are asking for compassion from us. They are asking for mercy. And we have the means to give it. So what does mercy mean? As we look at mercy, a lot of times we confuse grace and mercy. And I've talked about this before, but I feel like it's important to mention it again. Just as a reminder, there's a difference between grace and mercy. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. I mean, we don't deserve God's forgiveness, love. We don't deserve his blessings. And when we extend grace to others, we give to them what they don't deserve necessarily from us. They don't deserve our love necessarily or our forgiveness or our patience. So grace provides for others what they don't deserve. Mercy, on the other hand, is this. Mercy is not getting what we do deserve. We deserve the judgment of God. We deserve the punishment of God. We deserve the wrath of God. But God in his mercy has withheld giving us what we do deserve. And this act of mercy is an act of withholding. Mercy gets broken down into a couple of areas. One of those is loving those that don't deserve it. And the other part is helping those that can't help themselves. And while these are just beginning points, there's way more to mercy than, than those two things. When you read other translations in the Bible about mercy, what you get are terms like the expression of kindness and compassion. And so when Jesus is saying, blessed are the merciful, what is one of the things that he's saying here that we've got to understand, and I want you to write this down, as citizens of the kingdom, how we treat others matters. There are many ways that people look at this idea of mercy. Some look at mercy as, you know what, you get what you give, which is true. But that's a negative approach. In other words, it's almost like we're forced to be merciful, but then it's not an expression of our heart. With that kind of approach, it almost feels like we're working our way or earning our way to God. And that's not the case, of course. But the dangerous underlying motivation to that kind of approach is something like mercy is something that we have to do, not something we want to do. But another way of looking at mercy is this. We, we give to others what God has given to us. God wants us to be a pipe, not a pool. He wants us to be a, a conduit of his mercy, not a container. Remember, everything that God gives us is not just for us. It's also for us to pass on to others. It's for us to give to others. God wants us to be an agent of mercy to this world. There's not enough expressions of mercy in this world right now. And God wants us to be carriers of mercy. And what's great about the underlying motivation of this approach is I want to be merciful because God has been merciful to me. I want to love people because God has loved me. I want to rescue people because God has rescued me. Titus says it this way. He says that he, God, saved us because of his mercy. It was not because of the good deeds that we did. It's important that we understand that we've been saved because of God's mercy, not because of anything that we have done personally. So an important truth here you can write down is this. We can only give what we've received. We can't give mercy until we've received mercy. When we're in touch with God's mercy to us, when that is a big deal to us, we will let that same mercy flow to others from us. Remember, these attitudes of the kingdom are nothing that we create in and of ourselves. When we are born again or born of the Spirit, when God's Spirit takes up residence within us, something happens, and you can write this down, mercy becomes a part of our spiritual DNA. 
Mercy becomes a part of who we are. It becomes the action of our life, our mindset, and our heart. As citizens of the kingdom of heaven, as followers of Jesus, mercy becomes a part of our spiritual DNA. And something else you can write down is this, our Heavenly Father is merciful. I have a friend and when I hear him talk or when I watch him walk, it's like he's a splitting image of his dad. We all have an earthly father that we carry their blood type. You carry many physical traits from your father, whether you want to or not. It's just who you are. It's in your DNA. And because your Heavenly Father is merciful, then mercy becomes a part of your DNA as well. When Jesus was talking to the, the wicked and crooked Pharisees, he was telling them that their actions reflected their father, the devil. It says this, For you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things that he does. And what Jesus was saying to the Pharisees was, Your behavior reflects your spiritual DNA. They were dead spiritually. And because of that, their actions reflected the deeds of Satan himself. Again, when we are born of the Spirit, we take on the DNA of our Heavenly Father. We love what He loves. We act like He acts. We walk like He walks. We're not perfect at it, but that's the desire of our heart. And since mercy is who God is and not just what He does, that also gets expressed in our life. Since it defines God, it can define us as well. Jesus said it this way. He said, be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Another scripture in the Old Testament tells us this, For the Lord your God is a merciful God. You were created out of mercy, and you were created to be merciful. Mercy is also part of our spiritual DNA because of this you can write down. God has modeled mercy for us. How we distribute mercy matters. Who we give mercy to should reflect God, our Father. We tend to think that God gives mercy only to those that love him. And that's not how it works. It, scripture tells us this in Psalms. The Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. I point that out because it's easy and tempting to love those who love us. And God modeled a different kind of love for us. Remember, mercy is loving those that don't necessarily deserve it. And that's usually tied to people that don't love us. It could even be tied to people that hate us. Remember, God gave mercy to us before we loved him. Scripture tells us this, that God's mercy is so abundant and his love for us is so great that while we were spiritually dead in our disobedience, he brought us to life with Christ. It is by God's grace that you've been saved. Listen, God modeled for us who gets mercy. We didn't receive mercy from God because we deserved it or because we earned it. I know we read this scripture a little earlier, but I want to touch on it again. I just want to remind us of how this looks for us. He, God, saved us. Not because of the righteous things that we had done, but because of his mercy. The scripture is full of expressions of God's mercy to those that don't deserve it. And listen, you happen to be one of those. Listen, mercy is also a part of our spiritual DNA because of this. God shows us that mercy is a lifestyle. It's not just an act here or there. It's a lifestyle that we live. In the Old Testament, the book of Micah, God lays out how he wants us to live. The lifestyle that he's given for us to live. 
what pleases him. It says this in Micah 6.8, that God has told you what is good and what he requires from you. Do what is right with others, to love being merciful to others, and to live humbly in fellowship with God. This is how God wants us to live. Again, remember, how we treat others matters. A heart of love from us needs to replace judgment from us. Think about how different our world would be if we treated people differently than they deserve to be treated. If we believe the best about them. If we actually love those that didn't deserve it, nor did they expect it. See, when it comes to mercy being expressed in our lifestyle, God says that living mercifully is more important than living sacrificially. In the Old Testament, it says it this way. God says this. He says, I don't want your sacrifices. I want you to be merciful. These sacrifices that he's talking about were rituals that made them right with God. And God is saying, I would prefer a flexible heart towards other than an inflexible ritual that you carry out time and time again. Because a flexible heart refers to a changed heart. Also, you can write down mercy is a part of our DNA because our future rests on mercy. We live from the posture that we give to others what we need from God. And the scriptures tell us that we can't receive what we are unwilling to give. In James, it says it this way, there will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. Make no mistake about it, we all will face judgment. We will all stand before God. And there will be mercy extended to those who have extended mercy to others. The great thing about that is you don't live in fear about the future. You don't live in fear about what standing before God is going to look like when we live with mercy towards others because we know that God will be merciful to us. So what are some practical ways that we can show mercy to others? The first one is this. Be patient with people's quirks. We all have them. Listen, the narrative of this world, the narrative of the news, I would say the narrative of the kingdom of Satan is to push division to force us and to cause us to judge others. The truth is everyone has flaws. We all have differences. Mercy gets expressed in our patience with others. That's what Ephesians says. It reminds us that we're to be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of our love, because of the mercy that's within us. Listen, the conflict of the kingdoms that we are exposed to requires that we live with mercy. Because the influence of the kingdom of Satan around us is trying to create division from us. And God desires us to be a part of reconciliation. God desires us to include others and to love others. Another way that we show mercy is this. We help people that are hurting. Do you know that most people in the world are hurting? Do you know that most people in the world and those around you are dealing with something? People who are part of this world who don't have a connection with God, they don't have God's Spirit in them to deal with the fear around them and the fear that's within them. Last week I mentioned that Satan rules his kingdom with fear, while God rules his kingdom with faith. We can be a light to people living in the dark. Look for people that are hurting in your life. Many times, these people are the ones that are acting out. The people that are pushing your buttons are the ones that are hurting.
hurting the most. Start praying for the people in your life that need emotional and spiritual healing. Look for opportunities to love them and to do good to them. Scripture tells us and reminds us this, that whenever you possibly can, do good to those who need it. Hurting people need our love. They need mercy. Another way that we show mercy is this. Give people a second chance. We all need a second chance. God is a God of second chances, third chances, fourth chances. I don't know what chance you are on, but a good principle to live by is this. Give people the number of chances God has given you. Just remember that our mercy is to reflect our Heavenly Father. Paul tells us in Ephesians, he says this, Be kind and merciful and forgive others just as God forgave you because of Christ. Another way to show mercy is this, do good to those who hurt you. Not just that there are people that are hurting in this world, but do good to those that hurt you because it's easier to do good to people that love you, people that deserve your mercy. But what about those who have hurt you? We all have plenty of people that have hurt us, people that have let us down. This is an opportunity to love them as we've been loved. All the times that we've let God down and he continues to love us, it's a great time to model that. Again, I believe that for the times that we live in, we really need this one. It's really easy to love those who love us. Jesus tells us to love those who have hurt us, to love those that don't love us. Listen, in the world that we live in and the expressions of anger in the world that we live in, there are plenty of people to love and to show mercy to. People that don't love you, Primarily because you love God. And one last way to show mercy is this. Be kind to those who offend you. We live in an offended culture. People are proud to be offended. People want to be offended. They're looking to be offended. We know that people are trying to offend us. So let's surprise them with mercy. Listen, we may not change the world at large, but God's mercy within us can change the world that's around us. God's mercy in you can change the world around you. God's mercy in you can change the lives around you. I've written my own translation, not trying to change what Jesus did or say that it needs to be explained any better, but I, I wrote this just to make it maybe a little bit more simpler and hopefully that it speaks to you. But, but it's this way, and you can follow along. Blessed are those whose self-centered lives, that's all of us, have been crushed by the mercy of God. And as a result, mercy now pours from us to others. Because we've been touched by mercy, because we've received mercy, that mercy flows to others. If you don't have a relationship with the Father, if you've never experienced His mercy to you, man, I want to encourage you to receive that today. And we receive God's mercy by receiving His Son and what His Son did on the cross for us. His Son paid the price for our sins. His Son rose from the dead, conquered death, conquered sin. You see, His Son is the expression of mercy to us. We deserve death because of our sin. And God did not give us what we did deserve, but He gave us his son that we didn't deserve. And that is a free gift. We talked about that last week. It's a free gift to you. 
All you have to do is accept it and put your faith in what Jesus did on the cross for you, that he rose again for you personally, that you decide and you repent of your life, your sin, your selfishness, and ask God to be the center of your life, the purpose of your life. You were created for this relationship, and I want to encourage you to pray that, to talk to God. God's listening to you. Listen, that's my prayer for us, that God's mercy would transform us, that it would crush our sinful nature, our selfishness, and give us a selfless nature that is willing to love those that don't deserve it just like our Heavenly Father. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you right now and I lift up my friends, those that are listening that maybe they've wandered away, maybe they've never experienced, maybe they've never stepped into relationship with you, maybe they've never surrendered their lives to you, maybe they've never made you the center of their life and the purpose of their life. I ask that as they receive your son Jesus and what he did on the cross for their sins, that he paid the penalty. Father, when they accept that Jesus is the expression of your love for them. Father, I ask that you would change the purpose of their life, that you would change the agenda of their life, that you would step in and be the source of life that they need. Father, we all need it for the times that we live in. We are living in difficult times. We are living in a difficult season, a challenging season that really does require mercy from us. It requires us to give to others what they don't deserve. So I ask that you would help us not to be focused on the kingdom of Satan and the expressions of that kingdom in this world, but Father, help our minds to be full of your kingdom and the expressions of your kingdom that get lived out in and through our lives as you rule our lives. Father, we thank you for your peace. We thank you for your strength. We thank you for your joy that fills our life in the middle of this chaos that we live in. And it's all because of your mercy. It's all because we are the recipients of your love that we don't deserve, that you have given to us. You've withheld from us what we do deserve. And we are so grateful for that. Help us to live with mercy towards others, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I say this all the time. This is not something that you are going to perfect. This is something that we are going to step into. We're going to ask God to help us to live a merciful life and that you would get focused on how much God has been merciful to you. And as you are focused on his mercy to you, it inspires you to live a merciful life towards others. Listen, we love you and appreciate you. We thank you for being with us today and again, making us a part of your day. We're praying God's very best for you, that you'd be safe, that you'd be full of God's strength, full of God's promise, full of God's joy in your life. Have a great rest of your day, a great rest of your week. God's best to you. Bye-bye.